I don't want to like ruin it, but I'll remember this shit in like four weeks or whatever. But uh, my dad had this recorded off HBO, and I loved this movie so much that when we were little kids, Nickelodeon during commercials used to be like, it would tell you kids to do like stupid shit, and it would be like, write your wishes on a notepad and hang it on your clothes dryer at night, and a, a shooting star mm. will make it real or some bullshit. Uh, right. my dad had a clothes hanger because we were broke and I wrote I left a note out there and my dad saved it and to this day he has it in his junk drawer at his house and it says I mm-hmm. wish I was the Giver <laughs> that was <laughs> hell yeah I swear to god bro I was obsessed with this movie as a kid so I haven't seen it forever too so I'm waiting until like then to watch it it's so fucking good but uh, oh, yeah. I'm sure you'll hate it. <laughs> but it is what it is. <laughs> I don't know. Awesome. I'm heartbroken from Mallrats. Hello, and welcome to another episode of Dick's Talk Flicks. My name is Billy, and this week we will be taking another dive into my childhood. We will be watching 1994's blood-filled anti-hero flick, The Giver Dark Hero. Joining me on the other end of the mic is the man most recently known for giving up free mustache rides at Elmwood Park. Greg, how you doing, man? (laughs) That's my business, and business is good. (laughs) <laughs> yeah dude once i saw that stash i knew it it must be the one <laughs> so as i mentioned before we'll be going over the guyver's sequel known as the guyver dark hero it's a direct sequel to the original american live action flick which was featuring mark hamill and a bunch of other dudes that nobody knows and also based off of 1989's anime of the same name but none of those actors from the first movie return in this one instead we've actually upgraded in my opinion because our star role is led by David Hayter himself, a.k.a. the one and only Solid Snake from Metal Gear Solid. Legend. He and fucking rocks. Yeah, he rocks in this movie too, dude. I love him in this shit. Uh, you know what's actually awesome? I took a screenshot of it. When I got on Twitter this morning before work, I follow David Hayter because that's just who the hell I am. And he had retweeted someone's tweet where they were talking about how awesome David Hayter is as an actor. And one of the pictures they put up was the Giver. <laughs> and I was like, what the hell? So I, I commented on there. I was like, Oh shit. I just watched this movie last night and David Hayter liked it. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, I screenshotted it. I don't care. I'll touch myself to it later. Whatever. <laughs> <laughs> Acknowledgement. <laughs> yeah, right. The Giver. <laughs> this movie is directed by a Steve Wang, who's uh, he actually did the original Giver two and a bunch of other like random uh, Power Ranger episodes and things like that. But he did another pretty sweet movie called Kung Fu Rascals, and yeah. it's another like che- cheesy early nineties like with giant puppets in the same vein as like Peter Jackson ish movies, but Kung Fu instead of like horror gore, you know. Hmm. yeah if you ever want to check out the trailer for it dude it's awesome you'll get the whole vibe just from the trailer like you, you don't you know yeah, yeah, yeah. 
Oh, he's also like most famously known for doing like special effects for the original Predator, uh, the Tim Burton Planet of the Apes, the newest Bill and Ted, all that kind of stuff. Like, so he he's oh. most known for special effects, as you can tell in this movie, because the special effects rock for the most part, like the costumes and everything. Mm-hmm. So, Greg, have you ever seen or heard of the Giver before? Literally not until you told me like a, a few weeks ago or however long it's been. Hell yeah, dude. Like I said back then, dude, like I was obsessed with this shit as a kid. I, I think a lot of it had to do just like ticks. My dad would just record movies off HBO and this was like the perfect HBO slash sci-fi channel movie back in the day. Oh, for sure. I was even like, I was really into drawing and like writing stories and stuff when I was a kid too. And most of my drawings were pretty much Giver units, dude. Just like uh, dumb kid, you know? That's awesome. Yeah, up until like fucking high school, really, and then I just dropped off. But yeah, man, the Giver was my dude. For whatever reason, I was really into antiheroes. My other favorite growing up, I wasn't into Marvel so much or DC. I was an image guy. So of course, Spawn was like my favorite thing on the planet. So between Spawn and the Giver, dude, is my god, it's it's like the goriest hero shit in the world, man. I, I loved it, dude. Just that that dark fantasy of just complicated characters and really like obscene uh, obscene situations i think i kind of prefer them because they are fucked up because every hero has like weird issues and in, in like the other comics but they always are like some of these pristine uh shiny figures once they're in their costumes but right and these kind of things they're still fucked up no matter what yeah you know it carries I mean? over into their 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 hero life like it's they can't separate the the person from the mask essentially yeah you know what i mean like just because they're burdened with having to be a hero now doesn't change the fact that they like can't stand their lives and and you know all the past traumas and shit right uh this is actually the first amazon purchase i ever made as an adult too i bought this uh i was looking at like the dvd or whatever and it was like 20 bucks and i was like no way you know i'm not paying 20 bucks for this <laughs> <laughs> and amazon at the time had an ad for like their store card back then before there was even like credit card kind of things mm. and it was like if you apply for a store card you get 25 bucks free and so i just did that <laughs> and bought the guy and never used it again <laughs> <laughs> but like that's just this movie just has a weird like it just keeps following me for some reason, you know? It's just always going to stick around. And uh, for that, that's the reason why I chose it this week. Man, I'm still just tripping on that early 90s nostalgia. Felt like throwing it at you for, for another week. That's awesome. Well, man, uh, do you have anything else to say or do you want to just jump into it? Uh, the only thing I had to say uh, before we get too into the, the movie itself, uh, this whole thing kind of felt like a maybe like a pilot for like a TV show that just never got made. Which is a real shame, because I feel like this this does have the potential to go on and be like a big series or whatever, but knowing that there's a, a manga and an anime and all that, I suppose, is uh, is good enough for me. Just uh, I just imagine David Hayter, as he is now, playing the same character again in, a, in an updated version of this show somehow. I don't think that will ever happen in a million years, but it would be cool to see. He said, funny, like on that same topic, I dove down the little David Hayter rabbit hole on Twitter once he, you know, touched my existence or whatever. Mm-hmm. And one of his top asked questions when he goes to like any convention is if they're going to do another Giver. Yeah, that's awesome. Yeah, him and Steve Wang both get asked this all the time. I mean, it, it, just like anything in the early 90s, man, like these weird cult 
followings just attached to him, you know, like Troll and all that other bullshit. And uh, this was one of the main ones at conventions over Solid Snake and everything. It's kind of funny. That's awesome. But yeah, man, you just want to jump into it? Let's do it. Hell yeah. So we open with a shot of a blank screen and just a Giver unit. And you get like a monologue with David Hayter uh, when his sick-ass snake voice. You haven't seen him yet, so that's all I can imagine of you as an adult. Yeah. He's kind of given like a bit of a backstory on the Giver, basically just going over like what the first movie kind of was. He explains he's kind of like a vigilante hero, hence the name Dark Hero, I guess. I don't know. So we get some mob-type dudes. They're busting up some security in a warehouse. They're taking a load of dolls, apparently. They say they, they've they been melting cocaine into the plastic, and that's the new trend. Like, yeah. Okay. Because you can melt the plastic back down and the cocaine is unaffected. But, like, why do they need to, to bust up crates full of Barbie dolls to do that? Like, can't they just go find plastic somewhere? But, uh, I, I assume that it had already been melted into the doll. Like, I think they were uh, taking, yeah, they were stealing God, it. Dude. Regardless, I don't. I don't think I'd be trusting cocaine that had to be uh, extracted from melted plastic. (laughs) (laughs) But anyways, guess what? We get some noises in the back, and one thug goes to check it out while the rest is like loading the dolls up in their truck and shit. Sure enough, Batman style, the Giver drops down all silently behind the dude checking out the noise. Cue in the badass Giver theme music, dude. This theme music still today gets stuck in my head, man. It's fucking super, like, catchy, and it's it's great. He starts some sort of, like, lift machine that goes across the warehouse. You don't see him yet. It's just kind of, like, scaring everybody. And then, of course, he drops down into, like, the steam and causes everybody just to stormtrooper shoot everywhere. Yeah. Once they run out of ammo and the guns stop, he just walks out like a badass dude. Steam jets coming out of his face again, which is, like... One of the, my favorite features of this dude, he's got steam, like, always coming out of little vents in his mouth. It's sick. It's cool. They start shooting at him, dude, and he blocks a few bullets with his hands. He's bulletproof. He just basically pimp walks up to the group and starts Power Ranger kicking everybody's ass. Yeah. He's throwing dudes 20 feet, karate kicking dudes' knees. This movie in particular is... The first movie got a lot of shit because the anime is brutal as fuck, and the first movie was PG-13, so yeah. they ramped this one up to rated R, and I, I failed to mention when you you talked about uh, knowing that there's an anime now, is this movie, another thing is, like, fans love this one because this one follows the anime and the manga, like, a little closer, like, a lot of the fights are the exact same fights and shit. Uh, cool. Clearly, it's loosened up a little bit because American audiences, but for the most part, it's, yeah. It's badass. Yeah. 
Yeah, and I don't know if this was a... <laughs> I don't know if they, they tried to be similar to Power Rangers or if this was just a popular thing at the time, but the, uh, the Foley work and the sound effects in this movie are absolutely insane. A lot of it is like stock sound effects, but it's used in just the funniest ways to just punctuate things. Like every time somebody makes a quick movement with like their head or their hands, it makes this whoosh sound effect. <laughs> and every time somebody gets hit or like thrown off a big building, it's like somebody's squishing a bunch of meat between their hands. It's it's the craziest thing. And the Giver himself is awesome too. Like when he swings, he makes like jet sounds and like clicking, mm-hmm. like chink, chink, chink all the time. It's fucking awesome. Plus, it's again, so like the steam jets. It's just so stupid cool, dude. Uh-huh. He's also got like elbow blades that extend out. So they go backwards, like those swords that you hold backwards. It's He's just like all around fucking. Look at him. He's badass, dude. <laughs> <laughs> Now the mob boss, he shoots the security guard like nine times during all this, dude. Yeah, in slow motion. <laughs> just lights him up. Oh, yeah, we get so many slow-mo shots in this, dude. You're just, it's serving you up right away. And, of course, this pisses the guy off. So he full elbow blades out, just runs up to the mob dude, who starts freaking out. And he's like, oh, arrest me, please. Just spare me or whatever. So the guy ever stops like in every hero movie. You're like, God damn it, man. But you know what? Fuck that. He fucking cuts the dude's throat with his blades, dude, and then lasers his trademark all over the wall as the cops show up. It cuts into like his trademark, Giver, and then boom, title screen, lasers and stuff. Theme music <laughs> blasting. It's awesome, man. I was hella tired when I like started this movie too. I was like super groggy, but as soon as that Giver scrolled and the theme song clicked in, I was like, fuck yeah, dude, here we go. Strap in. <laughs> yeah. So after all the intro, we get a sweaty David Hayter. He's waking up inside of like some shitty apartment. It's thunderstorming outside, dude, and he gets up to sit in front of his TV and he turns on an old Asian flick. He can't enjoy it though, cause two dots on his back of his neck just start pulsating, like mm-hmm. in his skin. And they start flashing some Hellraiser type shit where the guyver's like attaching to him and like this yeah. this the set looks gnarly, dude. Like look at all the work they did in this set for like three seconds of the movie. Right, that's exactly what I wrote down too. It's like a scene straight out of Hellraiser. It's just this big empty room with a single light illuminating him and just fog everywhere. And there's just chains and tendrils like tying him up to the ceiling. Yeah, you get the quick shots of like the tendril attaching to his leg and then his head and shit like the chains in the Hellraiser. It's so cool. Speaking of the show too, I don't know if, if this is like stock footage or something they shot from the movie. It's the weirdest. They're like running around like a gorilla or something like that and it's supposed to be like a comedy i think but the sound effects they have for it it's just like i said the same just like punch sound effect played every second for like the entirety that the show is on the tv i don't want to be quoted but i think part of me thinks it is that kung fu uh rascals movie because it's like Mm -hmm. super goofy and dumb so it would make sense pump your own shit they all used to you know (laughs) so now it's the next morning and Hater, he's looking through his old notebook of a bunch of really shitty drawings he's made. <laughs> yeah. They're like, a, they're like a child's drawings. They're like just very simple lines of like a dinosaur in a spaceship. Yeah, exactly. And he gets to like a couple pages and it's the same image like a hundred times. The news starts and explains there's been a werewolf attack in the woods, probably a bear. But, you know, people are freaking out because the witness is saying it was a man who was changed. Like, he changed in front of him, and he was like, no, I wasn't drunk. It happened. <laughs> <laughs> and the news, they show some cave drawings where this dude found said bear. And sure enough, they're the same shitty drawings that's in David Hayter's book. And they say, as they cut out, next up, more Elvis sightings. <laughs> <laughs> 
Inside Expose in Three Pines, Utah, to investigate what may be a werewolf attack. Doug Curlew and his brother Judd were exploring some caves above these woods when Judd was attacked and fatally mauled. Rangers here are calling it a bear attack, but Doug has a different explanation. Yes, I mean, it changed. Yeah, it was right before my eyes. It, it was a man, and then it was this thing. You see, with teeth and claws. It's like one of those cave paintings I showed you come to life. No, I wasn't drunk. When asked to describe his attacker, Doug gave us this drawing, which he says is a copy of the painting found on the cave wall. This, he claims, is what killed Judd Curlew. Next up, more Elvis sightings. So we get a flash cut to David talking to his Asian girlfriend from the first movie. The reason why he's the Giver from the first movie is he, like, stumbled upon this Asian woman or Asian man, I can't remember what it was, and he, like, he was getting beat up, and he assisted him, like, he had a suitcase with him, and he, he tried to help the guy, and then helping him, he fell face first into the suitcase, which had the unit in it, and now he's the Giver. So then he ended up dating this dude's, yeah, it doesn't, you know, whatever. It was a, it was a reason to have, like, boobs in the movie. Yeah. <laughs> And yeah, it feels like the only reason why this lady is even in the film is so that they can explain away, like, okay, she's not important anymore. She's just out of the movie. Yeah, the relationship like, didn't work. The reason why he's just completely leaving town. So it's uh-huh. it's it's him dumping her. She well, it doesn't matter anyway because she's like, I hate that you're a hero. Like, why can't you just stop that and like love me or whatever? Mm-hmm. And he's like, All right, baby, I gotta get out of here. We're done. <laughs> <laughs> he's like, Yeah, yeah, because he, he was telling her that. The Zoonoids are back, and that basically anytime there's any, like, supernatural sighting, like werewolves or vampires and shit, it's always been these Zoonoid monsters. She's like, please stop, dude, like, this is stupid. And he's like, hell no, I gotta go be the Giver. So yeah. that he dumps her, we immediately get to, like, hitchhiking montages of him trying to make his way to Utah. Finally, he does get a ride, though, and he gets dropped off inside, or outside of the small roadside general store. He looks really fucking cool, like, 90s out, too. He's got an oversized camo jacket, of course, and his, like, suave-ass, uh, what, moose-out hairstyle. Uh-huh. Uh, he buys some shit just so he can ask the dude about the dig site from the news. And all the patrons are kind of goofy, and, like, none of them want to help him out. But one starts asking why he's even there, and, of course, it's, like, a mega babe. So he immediately busts out his shitty drawings in his notebook for her, and after skimming through a bunch of penis pics, he finally gets to those <laughs> those spaceship drawings, and she gets super weird about it, and she's like, dude, I know what those are, and she runs her truck and just bails, though. She's like, I can't be having this right now. Doesn't make it very far, though, because she swings back around and, and picks him up, and she's like, whatever, dude, you can come with me, we need a movie. Greg, didn't you have this exact truck? for a minute that red one uh this was a gmc mine was a ford oh uh, whatever i imagine it was yours then for the movie <laughs> <laughs> that would be funny yeah it's this tiny little truck too though you basically like just a little extended cab uh pickup or whatever it doesn't matter mm-hmm. uh but while they're driving back to wherever they're going they have like a nice little character intro through like various wood shots and stuff and they pull up onto like a little tent setup like a little camp she immediately like walks him through camp and security though like no intros she's just like here's here's the sky and they go right to the caves <laughs> and right off the bat dude dave he finds the cave drawings and just wanders off as he's walking through the halls or i guess like the cave cutout or whatever 
we get like this slow-mo crime scene kind of like scene or whatever where like flash photos are going off in the back and david Hayter is like getting all weirded out and shit and at the very end of the hallway where the guy's taking pictures is a big display of his exact drawings and shit and the babe she comes walking up sees him awkwardly standing there and shit and she's like let's get the hell out of here you're weird so on their way out two dudes are arguing down there in like the main little lobby kind of thing it's her dad who's this old man and the other guy he's arguing with is the boss named crane and he's kind of running the show we're just getting all the character intros out right away first five minutes in this utah place so she walks david down to this new area of the caves and just like leaves him with some dude named bob who, who uh he's like yeah i'll show him around or whatever the very next room there he's shown him this giant dinosaur quote skull that they're digging up david's like that ain't no dinosaur dude i know that this is a damn zoonoid <laughs> it's actually the skull from like the uh original boss or bad guy in the first movie uh yeah you see that same suit again later in this movie as just a normal side guy but he was the, he was yeah he was a big badass in the first one gotcha. later that night the babe she's even more of a babe now she's got no glasses she let her hair down and everything i think she's like in love in love with him already at this point she walks up to david who's laying down in the bed of her truck and they had that typical like late night conversation she's like tell me who you are blah blah, blah. And he's like i can't yeah so, she, so she's <laughs> So she's like, well, I guess this is a, your uh, your temporary stay. This is your tour. You're, you can leave tomorrow. Yeah, like if you're not gonna like tell me who you even are, Mister Hitchhiker, then you can <laughs> get the fuck out. But he begs to stay, and he uses her own insecurities to convince her to stay, and he even like hints at kissing her and shit. Yeah. We cut to two dudes in the woods. It it was the same drunk dude that or I wasn't drunk guy from the news. And he's with a news reporter now, a typical news reporter with, like, a big trench jacket and a camera hanging from his neck. Apparently, they're looking for the werewolf, man. And, oh, shit, like, we get, like, a little shot from the trees of our first, like, zoonoid suit shot, but it's zoomed in on his mouth or whatever, and you can't quite see it. Back to Babe and David, they're romanticizing about UFOs and stuff. They're flirting. And, shit, they hear screaming from the woods, of course. David's like, go get help, dude. I'll take care of the bear. And as she's running away, she's like, what the fuck? (laughs) You think you're the only one? My dad and I are known among the academic community as outlaws of science. We're thinking about getting jackets made up. Outlaw? Why? Oh, because of our unconventional theories. We take on the wild stuff. You know, the stuff that people laugh at in the tabloids. Bigfoot crop circles and the cave paintings you uh, have a theory on them you know I want to tell you but I can't touche <laughs> what was that I don't know I heard someone shouting you no know, it could be another bear attack uh, you go and get help I'll take care of the bear right take care of the bear oh shit but she goes back to camp anyway and we get our first shot dude it's like a big porcupine rhino kind of guy yeah and he's got like tendrils on the back of his head and a big rhino horn in the middle of his face and when he like roars he like roars like you would imagine but also like cat screaming and stuff like that like they make they blend <laughs> in two sounds yeah, it's a, uh, oh, I wrote it down. 
Oh, is it, they come? Yeah, they just layered a a bull like screaming on top of a cat. <laughs> just play that over and over again. It's basically like in Dragon Ball like show, you know, where it's they fuse together. It's both voices. They just do that for all the Zoonoids with like random creatures. Uh huh. It's kind of I guess even the Gyra too. It's his voice and like a robot version of his voice talking. Uh, but th- their suits animate awesome. It's basically Power Rangers, but like done much better. Like they're not just giant obstruct creatures they're like bodysuit yeah. one. Oh, dude it's sick yeah and it seems like the actors can actually move around somewhat in the suits as opposed to the power rangers where they just kind of flail all over the place oh yeah like they're not quite full-on karate kicking like the guyver is but they're doing you know full flips and shit too but now the man and the reporter they're freaking the fuck out they even shoot at it as david and the babe are like running they're getting running shots and david finally says the line guyver in his cool ass snake voice dude and he transforms yeah. on the fly so good. It's badass, dude. And the rhino thing, it the right afterwards just splits the reporter's head in half, dude. It's so sick. <laughs> and he lifts the old drunk man up in the air just as the guy shows up and stops him. He, he shoots a little laser at him. All right, here we go, dude. We get our first Giver Power Ranger-esque fight of the movie. We're punching, we're kicking, wire jumping, all that shit. The rhino dude, he's like body slamming him into t- trees and all that stuff. Yeah, Guyver even does the, the Liu Kang scissor kick where he, he stays in the air while he's kicking him. And it doesn't seem to phase him that much. Hell yeah, that's one of his go-tos. <laughs> yeah, the bicycle kick. But they duke it out for a little bit before the rhino actually grabs a full tree out of the ground and starts swinging around. But the guy who fucking badass runs down the tree like Goku style and slices his face at the end of it <laughs> just as a car rolls up. Which causes the rhino dude to run off and then David to change back into his normal self. But he accidentally does it in front of the drunk old man. Mm -hmm. Everyone gets out of the truck. It's the whole crew from back at camp. They're all like, yay, what's happening, you know? And one crew member is kind of super sus of David Hayter now. He's like, how the hell did you survive this kind of thing? The drunk guy's even like, I saw him change. And they're all like, yeah, 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 you're drunk. like, And in shock, so (laughs) we don't believe you. Uh, the sus dude actually stays back there when he finds, like, a meat chunk. It must have been, like, what the guy ever cut off of that guy's ha- face or whatever. Back at camp, though, David, he's, like, kind of, like, sussing on everyone. He's eyeballing everyone around the camp trying to figure out who could be the monsters and stuff. Of course, he suspects the dude who suspects him. So he starts following him out in the woods randomly and catches him radioing somebody. Even mentions David's name, which is actually Sean, right? I don't even know. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. David sucks at sneaking around, though, and he steps on the very first stick he walks by and, and gets caught. And the sus dude right away, he's like, dude, what's up with all these monsters, man? Like, apparently, we find out that he's an undercover government official or something, the FBI, I think. Mm-hmm. Just as he's starting to try to get information out, the boss, Crane, is walking by with his little cronies. So they act like they're playing around, you know, they're just looking for the wolf or whatever. So David takes, takes his chance and he leaves, too. He's like, I ain't sticking around with this guy. Cut to the boss, Crane. He's talking to the leader of the Zoonites on a computer screen. And it's the head dude from the first movie. And I'm pretty fucking sure at the end of the movie, he dies. Like, he gets completely blasted away. But this movie doesn't yeah. talk about that at all. He's just still <laughs> the same man and whatever. It's like uh, Danny Trejo from um, from Dust Till Dawn. He's just yeah. movie. That's true. That's true, yeah. But does he play the same character, though? Yeah, yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah, that's funny. But he's worried about stuff, you know, a typical boss pushing, putting the pressure on this crane guy, who's like a big doofus in my mind. He's just like this dork, but mm-hmm. whatever. We don't need this kind of attention. If you can't keep a tighter rein on you, lieutenants... I'm sorry, sir. 
I'll correct my error, but it did bring something to light. The Giver, he's here. He must be someone in the camp. Hmm. The hunted comes to the hunter. Find out who he is and bring him here. Quietly. Don't worry, sir. I can handle it. After that, David, he's having some fever dreams and is about the cave and his neck's pulsing and all this shit. And we get some cave shots during this and the walls start to shift and they move around and eventually crack. Next morning, the cave diggers notice the cracks and they call everybody in there. The babe, she's like in the commissary and she's having a conversation about how hot David is with her lady friend. And he he walks up just in time to all sexy like and he immediately ruins the mood though because he starts like questioning the dig again and why everyone has the same, you know, storybook answers and shit. He's like, these ain't dinosaurs, bitch. You know, this <laughs> this is something else, which pisses her off, dude. Back in the cave, though, they broke through the crack to some sort of, like, new metal or whatever. It looks like skin. They say it feels like leather, but they tap on it, and it's like metal. And the babe's dad, he sees this, and he's stoked as shit, and he calls everyone. He's like, we found it, dude. We found it. Now we cut to, like, random montages of the boss and the dad arguing, David, the babe. They're all digging, researchers saying shit. Apparently, this thing's, like, as tall as a mountain. And by the end of the montage, we, like, uncover, like, a whole wall, basically. At the end of the montage, they realize this thing's the thing from the paintings. David Hayter exclaims it's a spaceship. And we get a whole wide shot of the thing. It's fucking huge. And we get, like, weird cuts to everyone's faces as they're, like, pleased as fuck is what just happened. Back at camp, everyone's partying now, dude. It's nighttime. Breakthrough of the century. They're all drinking booze. Everybody but the babe. She's still looking at shit under the microscope, and she sees something, and she's, like, super turned on, biting her lip and shit. She's stoked. She runs off and starts asking around for David Hayter. She's like, where's my man? And she finds him standing in front of the spaceship in the cave, like a big weirdo. She's so stoked, she rambles on about how great of a find this is, blah, 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 giving off, like, real big bang vibes with him. She's like, oh, man, this this thing's it's getting me going. <laughs> David catches wind of this, and he kind of, like, starts swooning her a little bit about saving the world and shit. And again, just as they almost kiss, the ship starts making sound and it gets broken up. But they walk off anyway. They just, like, kind of ignore it. Yeah. David's oh, like, the, Didn't ship's, you... the ship's making weird sounds. Oh, yeah. well, whatever. Let's just get back to the party. It's a breakthrough of the century. And now it's making sounds. But, like, whatever, dude. Let's go back. <laughs> as they get to camp, though, we get, like, a, a shot of these three drunk dudes leaving. And one of them asks the other two if they want to see something scary. So David, he catches wind of this and he sees that the dude who says this has like a big slash on his forehead and he's like oh shit that's probably the monster mm-hmm. uh before he can do anything though that sus dude pulls him aside and starts asking about the zoonoid corporations and all this shit <laughs> and mm-hmm. uh he calls it chronos they both kind of info dump that chronos shit is basically umbrella there's facilities all over the world uh they they test on subjects and shit and before we can get too deep into it the babe comes back back and she breaks up the conversation so David, again, uses that as his opportunity to bail. He doesn't like talking to this fucking guy. In the cave, the crew's using a torch on the wall now. Again, David starts having those neck pulpations and shit again. And the crew realizes all this torching and stuff, the thing's not even hot. It just retains its cool touch. Nothing can crack this fucking thing. The dad and the boss, they're arguing again about maybe renting some lasers to try to laser through the thing. And the, the dad's like, what do you want me to do? Just say open sesame? And sure enough, it opens right away, dude. <laughs> Inexplicably. I don't think they ever even bother to, to try and explain that. It just it just opens all on its own. 
I mean, seemingly it's because David's neck shit, but regardless, like, who cares? So we get a, a TV shot of them putting on radioactive suits going into the ship, and then they pan out as they're coming out of the ship in real life. The dad claims, everyone, we can go in. The air is clean somehow. Let's do it. And they all run in immediately. <laughs> <laughs> the ship is clearly where they spent all their budget, though, dude. The ship looks, it's kind of cool. Like, it's just set after set after set. The hallways are like pulsing hallways with like fluorescent flesh kind of things, flesh and rock, and they just keep blinking the lights over and over again. Yeah, it's almost, it's it's as if a, a Geiger-esque building was even more organic, just in that mm-hmm. terms of that kind of design. Like, you, you seems like you're crawling through the innards of a big creature, but it's also obviously very uh, constructed. And the way they play with the camera, too, you can't really tell what is the top or the bottom unless someone's walking through it Mm -hmm. it's kind of cool so david and the babe they split off and they find some circle room with like a big center display thing again every room is just like some kind of like fleshy material or whatever it's it's all just hanging it's not like a square room and she just starts touching everything dude starts opening Mm -hmm. shit and everything like these clamshells are sitting on the display and they start all opening up yeah, one of the one of the pillars, a, a node on the pillar opens up like a mouth, and she just sticks her hand in it and starts yeah. feeling around. There's like goo and shit on her hand, and it's still. Uh, David though, he doesn't care a fuck about any of this. He wanders off on his own again, and he starts talking out loud to the ship, like, "Hey, can you hear me? Like, please talk to me." Uh, he's not alone though, dude. Uh, one of the boss's crew members actually following him and spying on him. David makes his way to what I would assume to be like the cockpit. It's a big platform in a big uh, circular type room and a big silver eye is on the ceiling. It's the yeah. same eye kind of thing as on David's head and the Giver unit. It's basically like a giant pinball, like a big silver one. Yeah. David starts asking the eye a bunch of questions and stuff and it starts, it doesn't do anything, it's just making weird sounds. And he's like, what am I? Why did you do this? I just want to be a real boy, not this <laughs> Giver. I forgot to mention, like, he wants no part of being the guy, really, because it kills everything. It doesn't, it doesn't, it's not like mm-hmm. Batman, it just knocks him out, it just fucking destroys everything. Yeah, but, it's one of, the, one of the, one of the recurring things, and one thing he brought up with his girlfriend is, like, he keeps saying, I don't kill, it's, it's this thing, it's this thing that, that does it. But exactly. Like, you also kind of have at least some control over it, so. Yeah, I mean, he's the one running into battle, yelling Giver and shit, so he definitely <laughs> likes it, dude. <laughs> yeah. I'm not cut out for this. I can't live like this anymore. Not a killer. I just want to be normal again. Now the babe, she reaches all the way into one of those things and pulls out a Giver unit. It's a little different, though. It looks like the the pinball or the eye is cracked on this one. Mm-hmm. She presents it to her dad and the boss, who immediately is like, what the fuck? Don't touch anything. And the boss is all, like, stoked. David hears her scream, so he takes off to go find out what's up. And that's when we see the chick who's spying on him. She was hiding underneath, like, this little bridge that he had to go over. 
his babe girlfriend, she's arguing with everyone because the boss and the company are just taking the Guyver unit for themselves. They're not leaving it for any research or whatever. And no one seems to care. Like, clearly they know what this unit is. And everyone's just like, oh, yeah, yeah, just, you know, you can have it. Not, not even David tries to go and stop them. He's just like, yeah, just let him have it. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> no kidding. Now David and the babe, they're back in her tent. And David gives her a rundown of who this corporation is, how bad they are. And the camera pans down to her table during this, revealing like a little hidden microphone. Of course, sus dude's outside listening in. He's got everything fucking planned out. David explains that all these companies' employees are actually zoonoids, which they change into monsters. Again, he says like Bigfoot, werewolves, all that bullshit. Those are actually zoonoids. (laughs) But the chick like doesn't care. She just storms off. Yeah, even though it's been established uh, earlier that her and her dad have been working for like the last five years on this particular project and their whole life chasing like UFO sightings and Bigfoot and stuff like that. And she's just like, this, this though, this is ridiculous. I, I can't believe this. It's like, okay, you just uncovered an alien spaceship and you're going to blow this off. Exactly. They just walked through a spaceship for the what we think is the first time in history and she finds a a guyver unit and everything but she's like i can't believe that bigfoot couldn't be real (laughs) after she storms off she goes straight to the boss's office crane she's gonna like you know say her two cents or whatever but she overhears him saying some shit about david while she's listening in through the door she gets caught by security typical ass bitch didn't even hide or nothing david's outside though he's looking for her but the cave starts calling him so he's like, fuck that bitch, and beelines it right to the cave. <laughs> and just as he does that, though, the, the babe, she's getting driven off in the truck with a bunch of bad guys. Inside the cave, though, David, he's approached by Crane, the boss himself. He says the ship calls him, too. He knows who David is. He's like, we're all bastards of an uncaring parent, he says, which is actually a pretty sick line. He's like, I didn't want these powers either. He's playing the whole sympathy role, like, I'm a nice guy too, you know, come join yeah. us and whatever. Very very obvious that he's just trying to lure him into a trap, but... And like I said, he looks like a dork too, so like, he, he could play this sad role pretty well. Sean, I know what it's been like for you. For me. You've lost friends and lovers, haven't you? So have I. We're forced to lead secret lives. And then after that, he reveals his zoonoid form, and it's kind of a decent transformation because instead of just ripping off completely, it goes in like three or four stages as his face changes, and it's kind of cool. This dude is always like my favorite zoonoid as far as the movies, probably the show too, from what I've seen at least, because 
I was I loved <laughs> my dad had a bunch of reptiles growing up, so I loved iguanas and shit anyway. So like uh, this dude's like a giant iguana type predator thing. It's yeah. it's fucking cool. Like his mouth splays and stuff. Yeah, he's like a mix between like the creature from the Black Lagoon and like a cobra. And it, they they definitely put the most amount of work into this guy's costume because he looks a lot better than the other guys. And his face has animatronics and stuff so he can express himself and, and blink his eyes and stuff like that. Exactly. That's a really good way to say it, the cobra and the Black Lagoon thing, because that's pretty much what, exactly what he looks like. Mm-hmm. But again, yeah, like his mouth freely moves, basically like the Predator, you know, like it animates the same way. Yeah. He says, join us, man, and even if you don't want to do this anymore, we can remove the Giver unit from you. We're total allies. David, in his solid snake voice, is like, no. And Crane's like, pissed off. Immediately, he's like, fuck that, and knocks out David Hader. Crane, then he's like laughing, maniacal, you know, he gives up the whole nice guy act. We're back to it. Back in the car with the babe and the bad guys, something just stops their car out of nowhere, and oh shit, dude, it's this giant elephant bug zoonoid. <laughs> it tells the girl though to get the hell out of the car and it wrecks the car too it rips it up like a freaking can opener he just digs his nails in there and just starts tearing it to pieces i always thought this guy looked goofy too because he's all like kind of frumpy and fat and he's just got like <laughs> <laughs> he's not like in any cool shape and he's got like these uh, big bug legs from hanging from his mouth yeah it looks like he has a crab on his face i think maybe that was probably intentional given the I know, yeah. 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 This is when, like, all the story buildup basically starts ending, and we just get a bunch of dudes in suits fighting for the rest of the movie. It's awesome, dude, because so the elephant guy, he flips the car, and he flips it, like, what, down the street or whatever. Immediately, it starts shaking and, like, ripping apart. Claws are ripping out of it and stuff. Turns out the chick's drivers, the bad guy drivers, those are zoonoids, too, and they come bursting out. And the chick... When she's running away after the the elephant dude tells her to run, somehow she immediately realizes that this elephant guy is her dad. <laughs> so yeah, like you said, it explains why he's so kind of frumpy and fat. But you would think like, does that mean she would be one too? But whatever, dude, doesn't matter. So now we get a zoonoid battle off between the elephant dude, the rhino dude from earlier, and now a new bug type dude. Elephant dude sucks the whole time. He's never good. He just gets thrown all over the place and into rocks and, like, down the cliff sides and shit. Uh, he get, Yeah, he gets thrown down into the truck, which, like, Jurassic Park's its way off the cliff, but explodes for no fucking reason, like they always do. As this is going on, the theme song clips in, dude, and we get a zoonoid gangbang on the elephant, man. They're, like, <laughs> they're beating the fuck out of him and shit. The daughter, though, she tries to save him, and she throws a rock at him. So the bug, like, kind of runs off with her. Now we get a shot back at camp as the bad chick. She's giving David, like, a shot. I, I would assume to make him sleep, I guess. But outside of his tent is the sus dude, and he just knocks out all the security and comes in and wakes him up. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's like, I got, ba- uh, I got back up on the way. And somehow, apparently, in this world, drugs don't work, even when they're just given <laughs> to you. If, if you get woken up, you're totally normal again. Yeah, it's like a video game. You just have to be shaken awake. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. What's funny is the sus dude, he always reminded me of the reading rainbow guy. And I always feel like he's like his older angry brother or something. <laughs> <laughs> he looks jealous. I know he's in other films, but I can never get it out of my head. He didn't get to be on Star Trek, so he has to be in this instead. <laughs> yeah, he was on like the, the ripoff, like the Russian version of it. <laughs> anyway, so he wakes up David Hader and he's like, hey man, the, the bad guys, they took your bed. So David's like, oh shit. 
and beats him up and then runs off. Mm-hmm. He even takes the babe's truck and she, he just bails off in no direction, just going. Now he's driving fast as fuck up this cliffside as the theme song's just blasting away. And he's a terrible driver, dude. He's just, like, hitting the walls and, like, sliding all over the place and shit. Back to the fight, though. The bug, he's caught up to the babe. And the elephant, he just keeps trucking on. He, he's trying to save her and shit. He's not doing too good. We get a scene where he catches up to her and he backs into this pond, which is awesome. Sets up for a perfect, like, setting for a fight. Water fights, always the best fights. Just as this happens, though, David, he parks his truck way up on top of the mountain and just starts yelling the chick's name. Of course she hears it, like, from the ether of the mountainside. And she (laughs) yells back, and he hears it, too. So this part is the part that I think of the most in this movie. When I was a kid, he backs up, dude. Yeah, go ahead. Sorry. Oh, that's just so cool. Yeah, like you said, he backs up, jumps straight off the mountain, calls to Guyver, and transforms into the suit in midair, and superhero lands on the bottom and just speeds off. Oh my god, it's so cool. It's David Hayter, man. It's fucking Solid Snake, and he jumps off this cliff straight up and just goes, Guyver, in his cool-ass voice. Uh-huh. And you see all the tendril, or like the, you know, the tentacles with the, the suit attached to it just flay out, like wings and shit and then it all sucks to him by the time he lands and then he just literally jets off fake Mm -hmm. smoke on the ground and jet sounds as he's running like a normal speed (laughs) (laughs) that was the funniest thing it shows his his foot trails like you said they're burnt into the ground from him landing and supposedly running off at like jet speed but then the camera just pans over and he's just like running through the bushes (laughs) he had made it like 10 feet by the time the camera picked up it's so funny (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> but anyway, it's a badass scene, dude. I'm telling you, it's fucking the best. That's so good. So now, here we fucking go, dude. Full Guyver water fight. He jumps in. He saves the girl and everything. Right off the bat, he just sub- starts submerging himself and, like, popping up behind them and, like, submerging again and, like, playing with them. At the end, he slow-mo hyper-jumps out, dude, and drop slices the bug. And we get this badass close shot where it's just him, you know, like they do in every anime, still in the, the slice animation as the bug's body is in front of him and the head just drops in the water i love it dude so now the rhino's like oh shit it's on now dude starts pounding his chest he's ready to fight and now we get some badass shit we get the the slow-mo kung fu wire fighting back and forth dude and again the the guy every time he moves any limb it makes jet sounds like shoo shoo he clicks all the time it's so cool it's just unique i don't know we get a bunch of like wide shots too of the whole pond and fight and then we get like these cool uh flip kicks where it's literally the guy we're like flip kicking the fuck out of these dudes in suits into the water and shit he even back smashes the rhino into a tree which is this scene right here is i remember from the anime and as he has the rhino pinned against a tree he unsheathes his elbow blades and just starts sticking the fucking dude yeah 
And then he hand grapples with him and splits his fingers backwards and blood's just splaying all over, dude. And he lasers his eyeballs out and, <laughs> and then fucking palm squishes his head in, dude. It's so brutal. I, I love it, man. Elephant Man, he starts crawling up from the pond behind the babe and the Giver uses one of his little head eye things and senses it and starts flipping at him. After about, like, 17 flip-cut shots, <laughs> he, he lands and then realizes it's the chick's dad and changes back to normal right in front of the chick as the dad elephant runs away ashamed. Yeah. One thing I want to add to that as well is uh, that made me think about Power Rangers a lot. I mean, how can you not think about Power Rangers when it's dudes in cool-ish goofy suits just, like, doing kung fu moves and stuff with each other? But uh, every time they jump... To create the illusion that they're jumping like really high, the camera is paced, placed on the ground while the actor just jumps over it. So <laughs> yeah. it, makes, it looks like it's way higher than it actually is. Or they'll pull the camera out real fast as they jump so it looks like they <laughs> took off or whatever. Yeah. Right. Back in the ship, the bad chick, she's telling Crane all about it and telling him that everyone escaped somehow. And they're like holding all the dig crew at gunpoint. They're like going <laughs> to gun them all down apparently in the cave. The sus dude, though, he saves everybody by punching everybody out and even captures Crane. Like, what the fuck? The babe, though, and David, they're back at the pond. They're having, like, a little romantic moment. David, he's all emo still. He thinks that she wants to dump him like everyone else because he's this alien thing. And she's like, nope, dude, I love aliens. I want to suck the guy out of you. So <laughs> here we go. <laughs> and we finally get the makeout scene, and it's like a full crazy on makeout. Uh-huh. Back at camp, though, the sus dude, or FBI guy, whatever he is, we find out, uh, he has all his backup now. There's a ton of dudes. They all, they all just wear, like, black overalls and, and giant headsets and shit. They've let all the dig crew go. They all drive away. It's just the bad guys and the FBI guy. He is the boss and the, and the female bad guy at gunpoint, and there's one bad guy still missing. His backup's in the woods, all of a sudden, you see a new Zoonoid drop in and just wreck the fucking guy. You only see its legs, though. You don't see like who it is yet. Crane loves this. He gives the line, more lambs to the slaughter, as you hear like his whole crew just get taken out by this fucking thing. Eagle 2, this is Eagle 1. One hostile still at large. Code red status. Shoot to kill. I repeat, shoot to kill. Read you Lima Charlie, Eagle 1. We'll find them soon enough. Or he'll find you. Mason, Lewis, intercept the enemy. Yes, sir. More lambs to the slaughter? Now David and the babe, they're sneaking into the caves during all this shit. David claims we need to destroy the ship. Uh, he doesn't want to let anybody get their hands on it, government or Kronos or whatever. It just causes war, blah, blah, blah. As he's giving this speech, they see someone's bodies on the ground. Like it, someone had died. I think it was the Bob guy who gave him the tour in the beginning of the movie. So they're sad as shit. Outside, we get to see the new Zonoid dragging the FBI bodies up. Crane, he takes over control again of everything makes a call to the head guy of Kronos, and he's like, everything's good now. We did it. We survived. No worries. But the head dude's like, I don't give a fuck. You got one hour before I send anybody in there and just fuck shit up. 
Mm-hmm. Which Crane's like, God damn it, dude, I'm such a pussy. What do I do? He resorts to opening the box to the new broken Giver that they found, insinuating he has an idea. Back in the cave, David, he's getting called from the ship again. While it's calling him, he tells the girl to set a bunch of charges around the cave so they can just blow it up. He heads in and immediately just starts asking a bunch of questions again, like, why? What do you want? We get a zoom-in shot of the eye that's on the ceiling. He's back in the cockpit or whatever. It lights up, and he changes into the Giver as it lights up. So then the whole ship kind of, like, activates. Lifts him in the air, laser shoots him in the eye, causing him to have, like, these flashbacks. It's these huge set pieces, dude, of, like, ships landing... We cut into the ships, they have eggs, there's like some fish, lizards, cavemen. One thing the movie doesn't really explain very well to you is that there's there's this alien race that has made both of these things, and it had been using Earth as like a warrior breeding ground since like fuck forever. Like they made dinosaurs, they made man, so on and so on. So that's what these zoonoids are, and the Giver to an extent. So after that, we get, like, an actual shot of cavemen. They're dancing around a fire, and they start changing into monsters and shit, a.k.a. Zoonoids. And it's all the same suits from the first movie, like, even the shitty one that Mark Hamill was. <laughs> <laughs> like, they're all so stupid looking. And now we get, like, shots of, like, rooms of Gyra units being born. There's a bunch of them all over the place. And we get to see how they're made, and they, like, as they attach to people, and every Gyra has, like, different face masks and stuff. It's kind of cool. Then at the end, the ships shoot off, and uh, we're back to Crane puffing his chest to his crew, talking about how we're going to win this day. And then, and then as they leave the building, we get a slow-mo bad guy team walk as like, the theme music kicks in and shit. It's fucking hilarious. <laughs> they go straight to the cave, of course, and they catch the chick setting the dy- dynamite. David, he's still in the cockpit in his guy suit. He hears her scream. Crane, though, he sends two Zoonoids in to go get him, but they immediately get tossed out as the guy emerges out. But Crane, he panics, and he's like, he holds the babe and the FBI dude hostage. He claims he'll kill him if, you know, anything happens. Which then leads to the old man. That It's the dad, right? He walks in claiming that right. they had a deal. He's like, let them go. I, I don't want any of this. Crane's like, I don't fucking care. Changes immediately into his badass zonoid form and causes the dad to change into his elephant thing, too. Crane then, he gives the line. He's like, you're fired. Yeah. Now we fight, dude. We got a whole fight again. FBI dude, he does his best to protect the chick, the babe, from the Zoonoid chick. She's kind of weird, too. She's like a chicken, spiky chicken kind of thing. I don't know, man. Yeah, she's the only one that has, like, a human face. Yeah. And she got, like, a tail and stuff. The guy over, though, he gets to beat on the other two. And the elephant, he pulled the short straw. He has to fight Crane in this giant monster form. And he gets totally rocked the whole time, too. He's, like, getting his neck bit and gushing blood all over the place and shit. Somehow, dude, the FBI guy, he, mends the fen- he manages to fend off the chick, Zornoid. He gets to push her in an electric box and <laughs> electrocutes the shit out of her. And then as she's, like, still alive on the ground, naked as a human or whatever, he shoots her in the head a few times mm-hmm. and calls her a bitch. Guyver, he's, like, kind of having fun, dude. He- he's throwing pieces of the dynamite into one of the... One of the Zonoids, like a frog. And he, th- he throws the dynamite right in its mouth and it blows its head off. That thing's toast. Uh, elephant, dude, he's still getting wrecked. He's getting stabbed with, like, fucking rebar beams and shit. And the daughter, though, this time she actually successfully kind of, like, saves him a little bit. She cracks Crane in the face with a big hammer. And while all that's happening, the Giver, he breaks the last remaining Zonoid he was fighting's neck. And he mm-hmm. jumps over to save everybody from Crane. Here we go. We're setting up for the final battle. Crane reveals his final trump card. And, of course, Crane is also a Giver now. He's a fucking Zonoid Giver. 
and he looks badass, dude. He's black and shit. And since the thing is cracked, he's got like a tick. He always like ticks his head and shit. It's like yeah. he's glitching out. Yeah, he's fidgeting around all over. He looks so fucking badass, dude. This is like nerd porn to like my child self. This dude is already <laughs> like, you know, like my favorite lizard monster thing. But then they throw a goddamn Giver unit on him. He's so cool. Yeah. And I, don't, I don't know if it's because the, the Giver suit is broken or not, but it... It causes them to, to act all crazy and animal-like when he's fighting, too. He'll, like, flip upside down and run on his hands and try and jump out at him and do all this crazy shit. It's so sick, yeah. And he has the mouth vents, too, right? Mm-hmm. And and so when he, he, he does, like, the animal shit, he'll, like, rear his head around as the vents are blowing steam out. It's fucking so cool. It's awesome. Why are you attacking your own kind, freak? We could have helped you. I'm no freak, and I'm not like you. You threaten mankind. I protect them. (laughs) You didn't. So tell me, who's going to protect the protector? Biomorph! But here we go, dude. Let's fight. Jump kicks fucking going. Jet sounds galore. Like you said, Crane does this charge up hand running thing. He's like a total badass. He has like all the confidence in the world. The opposite of how he was earlier as a human self or whatever. Slow-mo shots galore, dude. This movie loves fucking slow-mo. It's, And what's funny is like it kind of hurts itself a little bit in this scene because the slow-mo shots show off all the wires a lot of the times. <laughs> but mm-hmm. I don't fucking care. It's badass. Eventually, though crane his eyes start flashing everything starts turning red as steam starts coming out so the guy was like shit here we go lets out his elbow blades and crane has blades of his own but they're fucking arm blades they extend out forward and shit and now we're getting blade fights dude he's kicking like way too much ass though and david's getting thrown all over the fucking place crane just as he has the advantage like every bad guy in every movie he boasts his success you know and he's like stabbing david in the stomach and everything blood's just shooting everywhere out of his vents too which is fucking sick yeah sure enough again babe comes saving the day out of nowhere she shoots around which just so happens to hit the broken pinball bead thing or eye in the head of crane so ridiculous yeah and crane's one-liner is something along the lines of you best make way for this new model. And then once his his orb gets disrupted by the bullet, uh, Guyver kicks him off and says, Sorry, Crane, this model's been recalled. <laughs> That's so awesome, dude. And, like, he wire kicks him one last time as Crane's backing away in pain. And he fucking rips the eye out of his head. So Crane starts dissolving and shit. His, me- his flesh is melting away and everything. It's fucking yeah. sick. It's crazy. You can see his skeleton underneath and his, his jaws hanging off. Think like Indiana Jones, but much better in my opinion. Like there's actual like structure underneath and stuff. It's cool. But David, he, as a nice dude he is, he decides to put him out of his misery and he uses the trump card that his Giver unit has. It's the move of all moves. He opens up his chest 
and there's a big giant beam of light that shoots out like a giant laser fries it's, uh, the whole place like fucking dragon ball dude because it comes out of each of his, his chest muscles so it's like mm -hmm. <laughs> I, it's so funny looking but it's so cool at the same time that's their go-to in the anime as well he does it in the in not to ruin the first movie but don't watch it it's terrible he does he fries the head uh chronos guy the same way that's awesome but it's sick after he does it because when he, he he closes his chest back up he just vents the fuck out of all like everywhere and everything like yeah, majin exactly. boo or something dude sick <laughs> day is saved the babe she runs up and hugs him right away david he can't even fucking be happy at all he's emo again he's claiming that the guyvers are the bad guys and whatever yeah i didn't understand his, his justification for that because for because when he's fighting crane he tells him that that the uh the zoonoids were the mistake and that the guyvers were made to to clean them up but then he's saying like oh no actually the the guyvers were just weapons made by the aliens to defend themselves but somehow they're at fault like i, I don't know like he I said think... he's just he's just twisting it in, in any way he can to be sad about it yeah, yeah, he didn't have to be. Like, the babe and the FBI guy, they're like, shut the fuck up, like, we just won. Like, yeah. let's, let's go. But I think what he's referring to is, again, the movie's terrible at explaining it, but I think the Guyvers were also made by the aliens, so in a way, like, every creation they made is still bad. It's just a warrior, you know, but... Yeah, yeah, whatever. Yeah, exactly. Who gives a fuck? You're the Guyver. I wish I was the Guyver. Yeah. You bastard. Sean... Sean, we did it. We did it. So, looks like you found your destiny. Corey, I lied. The zoonoids weren't the failed experiment. The Guyvers were. The aliens turned humans into Guyvers so we could fight their wars for them. The humans rebelled. Out of control. The Guyver is nothing more than a weapon. I have no destiny. You made your own. And then we get this, like, fucking boner type scene where the Guyver, his forehead eye starts extending out of his head all randomly. Oh, yeah. Yeah, it looks like a, a big protrusion. Like, yeah, like a dick getting hard, dude. And he, he, it causes the ship to, like, start lighting up and it just takes off. And we get one last slow-mo run shot as all of our good guys are running out of this exploding mountain. Ship takes off into space. E.T. style, and it, it looks weird and out of place, because this is the only CGI scene in the whole fucking movie, dude. Like, everything else is practical and, and awesome, but CGI just doesn't hold up, dude. Our crew, they make a grave for her dad out there for some reason, instead of just bringing his body back. The FBI guy, he tries convincing David to work with the government, you know, help them one last time, maybe. And he's like, hell no, nah, man, I got, I got things to do. And him and the babe just drive off. David, though, he stops the road, like, 20 feet up up there, and he stops for a quick makeout session as the theme song clicks on. Credits roll. Boom. The Guyver sequel, Dark Hero, is in the books. I don't know, man. Like, I still love this movie. As funny and as kind of dumb as it is, as, and nostalgia aside, honestly, this whole thing is, like, my ideal scenario as a kid and even fucking today. You get an adult power ranger type deal with horror monsters super gore mixed in like wire fighting and shit like what more could i want you know what i mean again like the practical effects are like top notch which like i said this director he's most known for his special effects in like really well done movies like predator so it clearly shows 
Uh, Greg, Greg, before you give your your verdict, dude, uh, would you rather be a zoonoid or a gyver? Like oh, either God. way, you can't go back, right? So. Yeah. Well, if I if I'm a zoonoid, I could be anything. I could end up being like. <laughs> like bird monster or something yeah well, mark Hamill found that out in the first one dude it's so funny he's like this big turd slug but he retains his human face <laughs> it's oh, the worst dude uh that's true i would be the guy too i mean clearly i'd be the guy but uh either way like you're stuck that way forever because if the unit's ever pulled out of you you die too so oh whatever so what would you give this how many slow-mo spin kicks or even better how many david hater emo shots out of five would you give this uh i would give this five really weird kung fu movies that <laughs> repeat the same sound effect every 0.5 seconds out of five for this movie uh yeah and i think and i think david hater would agree and like you said there's a there's a cult surrounding this movie and apparently the manga has been going on since before this movie was made in like the late 80s or something and it's still going today it seems the reason i also say that i think david Hayter really likes this movie is that uh, one of the trivia i found out is that for a while before david Hayter was at least semi-famous for being solid snake he actually went by the the alias sean barker whenever he voice acted stuff which is the name of his character in this movie that's awesome dude see i'm glad it's not just like goofy young nostalgic me it's also the people that were involved with it that they like it so much i think Mm -hmm. David himself, I mean, granted, he's had some dope roles, like just if he, even if it's just the Guyver and Snake alone, but mm-hmm. he seems like really proud of his work and he seems to like really love his fans because like he, he answers like tons of their stuff I noticed on Twitter and he's all about just like the whole lifestyle or the vibe of it. He just he loves what he did. He's proud of it yeah. and, and I'm proud of it too. Fucking goddamn this shit rocks dude 20 years later or more than that damn what 30 years later this movie exactly yeah like you said a lot of the practical effects still definitely hold up even if all even if the rest of the movie is like goofy power ranger fighting and stuff like that and that's not really your bag you got to give it up for just how incredibly detailed and how much work was put into the costumes and the, the the alien ship set and all that stuff and again, it's pretty gory. Like, they went full R for 1994. So, yeah. it's badass. Thinking about what I said at the beginning of this, with this seeming like a, a, a long pilot for a TV show, I, I bet you that if, if this movie came out nowadays, it would have very easily became a syndicated series. Oh, yeah, it'd be on HBO again. 13 mm-hmm. series or whatever, 13 episodes. I'd be down with it. I mean, shit, along those lines, I'll just get into the trivia. One, The very first trivia I read broke my heart, dude, because it, it says that uh, Telltale Games, the guys who did The Walking Dead, Point and Clicks, and all the other big hits they did, right. they were considering the Guyver franchise earlier on in, as an episodic game like they do, and they never did it. And I was like, son of a bitch, dude. I would have been all over that when that when they were popular, you know? Some of the stuff I mentioned before, like, the first film got really shitted on. For one, they, they claimed it was too goofy and comical, and two, it was PG-13. So the the filmmakers in this one, they went all out by adding, like, more of the horror, turning it up to an R, all that kind of shit. Mm-hmm. Uh, the first one, it even featured, like, a giant gremlins-looking type guy, you know, like, the big floppy ears and all that, who was like a rapper so he would rap all the time and he had gold chains oh no yeah bro he every time he spoke to the guy where he rapped and uh <laughs> you sh- I'll, I'll have to like put that at the end of the fucking 
credit song for this or something, man. But if you want to check out YouTube and look up that rapper, they're bad. It's bad. Oh, boy. Yeah, but yeah, that's all they had for trivia, dude. Like, there's really nothing. Again, it's pretty much a cult thing, like a, a cult fan thing, and that's it. Sci-Fi Channel used to show it a lot, and HBO at night. But other than that, I don't think I've ever heard anybody or met anybody in my real life that's ever seen this movie or knows of it or anything. So uh, I'm adding you I to think, the list. I think the only other time I probably ever even realized that this movie existed was probably when I was looking up stuff about David Hayter and how this is like one of his only live action roles. Right. And you probably didn't even dive too far into it. Exactly. You know what I mean? But again, I mean, I chose this movie because I'm just digging in the nostalgia. I loved it as a kid. It's one of my favorite things. I mentioned uh, numerous times that I <laughs> that I had wished I was the guy for or whatever. So uh, it's like the perfect my kid movie or whatever. So right. Anyway, do you have anything else to say about this movie, man? Uh, this movie rocks. <laughs> uh, go check it out as soon as you can. It's a great time. Check out David Hayter's other work. Like you said, he's a guy who who really loves the stuff he decides to get involved in. He's always active with the fans and stuff like that. One of the coolest guys in in just media, I think. And uh, I'll have to check out some of this director's other stuff. If he worked on the Predator films, I'm, I'm curious to see what else he's got. Yeah, and we should we should honestly cover that Kung Fu Rascals because it's dope. When we get off here, I'm going to make you watch the trailer while I'm still on here with you. Okay. <laughs> also... Shout out to David Hayter for being the best Solid Snake. Fuck Kiefer Sutherland or whoever the hell took it over from there. Fuck that. David Hayter for life. If he if Snake ever comes back, or maybe we have to have like a pseudo Snake, maybe he can be the new Liquid and just fuck up Kiefer or whatever the hell it is. David for life. Anyway, let's get out of here. Until next time, this has been Dick's Talk Flicks. Uh, my name is Billy, and thanks for joining us. Thanks for listening.